Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Churchill Downs on Saturday, June 4th, 2022. This is show number 176, June 3, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how are you today? Great. Um, looking forward to talking about some races at Churchill. Uh, the Stephen Foster preview card, some interesting races. And then next week, we have the Belmont Stakes. And that's always a really uh, stakes-filled, um, star-filled card. I'm hoping that the, the races are competitive and bettable. But uh, we know we're going to see some of the big names show up, especially in that Met Mile. If we're lucky and Flightline actually makes it to the race, we get a chance to watch you know, that freaky fast horse race once again. I really want to see that van walk off. I hope somebody's <laughs> there. <laughs> I hope somebody's there to film it. I, I don't think they will be, but, um, you know, if there, if there is a shot, um, anybody who sees it forwarded to me on Twitter. Well, he is a freak. Um, I, you know, don't know if we'll ever see him run again. I'm hoping he'll be in the Met mile. We may, enjoy that because we may not see him run after that, but he is genuinely freaky fast. Um, one of a, you know, one in a million type horse that um, is fun to watch when he makes it to the races. So let's cross our fingers. Play in the sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC tour members advance to round two, which is breeders cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out, playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contests with free DRFPPs, Go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special guest. She's an on-air analyst for Churchill Downs and Turfway Park. She's co-host of the Goat Zoom Room podcast. She's Caitlin Free. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Excited to be on. Excited to meet you guys. So did you, were you uh, commentating on the Churchill card today? I was. I've been commentating the last couple of days here at Churchill. been doing the whole meet here as well, but did yesterday and did today. So then we've got tomorrow coming up. All right. Well, 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 Caitlin, it's great to have you. And um, it's great to have some on-air talent uh, with us today. I did want to ask you, 
I I did a I did a little search on your background and I saw something about you wanting to be a jockey. Uh, is that true? Did you ever do anything? You know, what's your what's your background in horse racing? So originally, my kind of my original background in horse racing was I grew up around harness racing with my mom's side of the family. They own, they drive, and they train, and they broke thoroughbreds as well. So it's kind of how I got into thoroughbreds and. I watched Barbaro growing up and a couple of other ones that really led to my love over it. And I, yeah, I originally wanted to be a jockey. That was my career path that I was going to follow outside of high school. Um, I'm pretty tiny and I exercise rode a little bit when I was in college and I had a pretty severe fall. I had a really bad concussion. I stress fractured bones in my neck. So that was the end of the story for me there. I was, I still ride horses for pleasure and I, showed horses but that was the end of the line for me wanting to be a jockey and I ended up going to veterinary technician school for a large animal instead oh veterinary so do, do you have your veterinary license no uh technician I have worked as a technician with some track vets for um harness horses back in Ohio but uh, really my love is just talking about horses in general, you know, I love to work with them. I love to ride too, but just really sharing that knowledge and sharing the love of racing. Great. Well, we'll, we'll be sharing plenty of that uh, during this podcast. Chris, do you have any questions for Caitlin? Well, as the Churchill on-air analyst, anything special about Churchill main track or turf course right now that we should be aware of as we talk about these races? The dirt track played pretty quick today. I'm not sure how it will be tomorrow, but it's going to be similar weather conditions. Usually when it's pretty clear like this and pretty warm, it usually plays pretty speed favoring. And then the turf course, we haven't quite figured out yet because the turf course this year is brand new. We just started using it for this meet, just got finished right before the derby. So we haven't really figured it out too much yet, but it's an extremely firm turf course. So if you like a horse that really likes a firm and bouncy course, they're going to love this track. Yeah, on, on Derby weekend, the rail was terrible. Has that um, continued on or, uh, you know, has that um, evened out at all? Or is it still a bad place to be down on the rail like it was on Derby Day? I definitely think it's evened itself out. We kind of saw a little bit of everything today. We saw a couple of winners come up on the rail and win. And then we saw some others kind of go wide and come out maybe in that five or six path and win as well. So I think it's a pretty fair playing track when it comes to what point you're at. Great. Great. All okay, right. Let's well, pick some winners. Let's pick some winners. We're, we're doing right. the late pick five at Churchill Downs on Saturday. It's all stakes. And the first one is the seventh race, the Shawnee stakes, a mile and a 16th on dirt purse of 200,000 for Phillies and mares, four-year-olds and up. Caitlin, as our guest, we'd love to have you go first. All right. Pretty good field of six. Lots of names that you've probably been familiar with in here. Army Wife, Crazy Beautiful, Pauline Pearl. Those are horses that are progressing on and run, running really well a little bit now that they're older, now that they're age four. But really, um, Pauline Pearl is pretty well spotted in this race. Steve Asmussen said he's wanted to keep her and Clarier apart. And Clarier is going to the Ogden Fips next weekend. So, this is really the only place you could put Pauline's Pearl in. And she loves Churchill Downs. She came on so well as a four-year-old. I can't see past her in this spot. Pauline's Pearl coming off a big win. Chris, what do you think? 
Well, I'm always trying to see past a horse like Pauline's fur, Pearl when I see three to five on the morning line. <laughs> you figure if you can if you can beat that horse, uh, you can get some value in the pick five. And I really think there's a genuine alternative to her and the four Army Wife. Uh, I I would argue Army Wife was better at three than Pauline's Pearl. She's better at two than Pauline's Pearl. There's no reason why she shouldn't be better at four than Pauline's Pearl. Um, she is coming off a layoff, but the stats for Maker, are, you know, on turf routes off layoffs or I'm on dirt routes off layoffs are are good. Uh, maybe the horse needs a race. You know, maybe she's a race away from her best. But um, you know, to me, if she comes out firing, there's no reason why she shouldn't be able to beat Pauline's Pearl, who's, you know, she's already made three starts this year. This she's coming back a little quicker this time than she has in her her earlier races this year. She's coming off some really big efforts. She's spotting five pounds to Army Wife. I mean, this is a, a time where you could beat her. I think she's vulnerable. And I think Army Wife's really a, a quality mare that um, could be very good as a four-year-old. Um, like I said, it's always a question mark off the layoff. But um, if she is ready to go, and she's been training really well up to this race, so I think she just might be, she could pull the upset and start to pick five off with, um, you know, a three to five shot um, taken down. All right. Well, I'm with you trying to take down Pauline's Pearl, Chris. Uh, I'm also on Army Wife. She ran a winning race off a layoff as a three-year-old, and that was a much improved effort off her two-year-old form. Uh, she had a healthy three-year-old campaign and now comes in fresh as a four-year-old. I think she could surprise here, getting uh, again, getting some weight from Pauline's Pearl. Uh, I would also use Crazy Beautiful, who's also who's always been fast, ran a winning race on synth, two back, and then a clunker. I uh, think she could be ready third time, uh, third time out as a four-year-old. Caitlin, jump back in with anything else you want to add on this race. Well, you know, I kind of understand where you guys are coming from with Army Wife. She would probably be my second choice in this race coming off the layoff. You know, she ran at Churchill Downs last time out. She's had good efforts here other than the one last time out, but she caught a sloppy track that day. Um, Avutant really freaked on it. Bonnie South ran well, too. So I would just kind of throw that race out. Everything else is pretty good form. I still think she's going to really have to come out firing her best to get by Pauline's Pearl. Yes, Pauline's Pearl is coming back pretty quickly, but I, I'm just not sure where Steve is really supposed to put her since he's wanting to keep those two separate. And Crazy Beautiful certainly would not fault anybody for going with her as well. But if I'm going to pick five here, I would be really tempted to single the five to start my ticket off. Maybe if you want a little more coverage and have a stronger opinion elsewhere, you could use Army Wife as a backup, maybe to just give you a little bit of coverage. But I, it's really those two that really stand out in here. Yeah, I would just I would flip that, and I I would lean on <laughs> Army Wife. And if you're if you're afraid of Pauline's Pearl, maybe you play a small backup with her. Um, but uh or you know it all depends on what you think of the, the, the remaining races too i mean if you have some right. live price horses you just want to avoid um getting too chalky here because there's another horse later in the sequence that'll be probably another one that's three to five so um you want to avoid uh, getting too heavily into the chalk but yeah pauline's pearl you know you can't um fault any of her efforts so far this year definitely 
Okay, well, uh, only six horses in that race, and uh, it's pretty cut and dry. So we'll move to the eighth race. Mm-hmm. It's the Arlington Stakes, a grade three, mile and 16th on turf, purse of 200000 for four-year-olds and up. Chris, why don't you get us started on this one? Yeah, as these turf routes tend to go, um, they're wide open, even though it's a small field. I think you could make an argument uh, for each horse in the race. Um, the morning line's kind of uh, lazy. They've made everybody between five to two and four to one, except for one horse. Um, I, and that's the horse I'm going to uh, tout will be the, the three horse like the king. Um, I think he could be sitting on a really big race. He's one of these uh, turf synth horses that kind of got caught up in the triple crown fever last year, uh, which was, you know, to his detriment. But he did show some talent. He's certainly a turf synth horse. And given that, you know, his trainer is Wesley Ward, who's, you know, sensational with turf sprinters, but, you know, his record in route races is not very good. And now um, he switches barns to Mark Cassie, who really does well with turf routers. And he had a nice prep. I didn't think a prep was bad at all. Um, now he goes kind of that second off a layoff for a four-year-old where you expect a lot of improvement. Uh, he does have to improve to win, but I think he's capable of jumping way up and he may be the one horse that gets completely overlooked and he gets, you know, Saez on board um, to ride him. So to me, he's very live long shot at a big price here at 12 to one. Like the King longest shot on the board uh 12 to 1 who do you like here caitlin i think like the king makes a lot of sense he was one that i had circled as well as a really logical horse in this race and i agree with everything you said stepping up with that trainer switch mark kelsey had a really big winner today that i wasn't expecting to fire right off the jump so i think his barn's really starting to heat up they usually need a start or so coming off that layoff he's kind of not one that usually jumps up right off the page after um admission office coming off of a year and change layoff he's been recently gelded i thought they were going to maybe take him to stud i'm not sure what the deal is with that one um gets johnny velasquez up i am if he's even close to the same type of horse he's certainly one you have to consider but one horse that aside from the other two that i liked was field pass as well i don't think he necessarily has to be on the lead but if he can maybe just sit off of it i think he's got a logical chance in here so i'd say field pass is probably the top one i'm circling right now as well as like the king okay interesting plays here uh this is a really tough race and it's the it's the kind of race that I I have to take a bunch of low price horses, which is annoying. But I do have a bomber later in in the card, so uh, so I, I I don't mind doing that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Get Smoke in my top pick. <clears throat> he has a speed advantage in this field, and I think it'll be hard to catch him. Uh, but I will also use Field Pass because he would love to sit right off Get Smoking, and he's. He's due for a really big race. Um, I would also use Floriform, who has won three of four on the turf. Looks poised to run another good one. If he can run back to the 94, two back, he's right there. But, you know, it, it is going to be a little tough, I think, for him to to get past, get smoking. 
like the king, I was sort of I was on the fence with like the king. Uh, I originally uh, thought like maybe I'll take like the king. I think I'm going to use him just because I'm not going to. It's not going to be an expensive pick five for me. So uh, so I think I will use like the king based on on Chris, uh, you know, touting him and and also Caitlin touting to a certain extent like the king. So. So I will go kind of four deep here. Uh, it's it's not a great it's not a great play in a six horse field, but I want to take advantage of the twenty to one that I have later. Yeah, you did. I mean, get smoking is certainly the one to catch. So mm-hmm. he probably clears early, and you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him win. I think he might actually go off as the favorite in here. Um, admission office that Caitlin mentioned. I like that horse. I've always liked him. I do think this looks a lot like um, a prep and that he probably wants to go longer. And this is probably to get a race under his belt. Well, he's definitely not going to stud now, though. We, we know that. So <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe maybe they tr- gave that a try and it didn't work out. I don't know um, it's the story, but um, I like that horse. So at some point, I hope to play him. I just not real interested at three to one. If that is actually what he goes off at, I have no idea. I don't have any confidence in this morning line. I don't think much effort went into it, and um, it's really hard for me to predict how they'll bet, but I kind of get a feeling Get Smoking is going to be the favorite in here, and you know, maybe Field Pass is the second choice. I would, I would definitely agree with that, and I would agree with this is probably a prep type of race for mission office to get one under his belt. Hasn't raced since February of last year. I'll have to maybe do some research and see if they tried to stand him somewhere. I'm not quite sure if they did, but I thought that maybe that was the idea. So I'm not sure a hundred percent on that, but I agree. This is probably a prep. And since there's so many other ways to look in this race, he would maybe be one that I would probably let beat me based off that for the, for what it's worth. All right, we'll move to the ninth race. It's the Aristides, a six furlong dirt race, purse of 200,000. Used to be graded, I'm pretty sure. I think it was a grade three. Maybe it lost that designation recently. That's for four-year-olds and up. And Caitlin, we'd love to have you get started on this one for us. Ah, This is a type of race where a lot of the horses entered here love Churchill Downs. So it's kind of a you know, not really sure what way to look. It's kind of like the last race. There's a lot of ways you could go in this direction. Scrolling through the list right now, I'm kind of looking at maybe the type of pace scenario I think we're going to get in here. I don't think Bob Dudge is going to get the setup he wants. He kind of needs a really big target to run at. And I don't think it's going to be the type of a hot pace. I was really impressed with what Top Gunner did last time out. Sat off somebody, but can be forwardly placed. But I don't think they're going to set any super, super hot fractions when the St. Matthews over this track last time out. He's the same rider in Rayleigh Gutierrez. They have a great partnership together. So I think that horse can really improve in this race. He would probably be my top selection. But there's a couple other ones I think I want to use in here too. Okay, Top Gunner. uh, Five big races so far this year. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I always like just to mention Aristides was the, the first winner of the Kentucky Derby. That's uh, mm-hmm. a history lesson. I I actually have like a lithograph that someone gave to me of, of Aristides on my wall. That's the only reason I know that. Because <laughs> I said, this is really nice. Who Who's Aristides? <laughs> 
but uh, anyway, he uh, he won the first. So I'm not sure why they named a six furlong race after him, but I've never have figured out how they they get a, go about naming those these races. Um, but I agree that uh, there's not a lot of speed in here for a stakes sprint, and Top Gunner is could be the leader. Um, kind of dangerous. But uh, the horse I like in here quite a bit is just outside of him, the seven-horse Jalen Journey. This horse has um, good speed. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked to see him on the lead or sitting just off Top Gunner early. Um, he gets uh, Santana on board, and if you look back over his PPs, uh, Santana's been on this horse three times, and he's won all three times. All three of those were right on or near the lead. So they connect really well. It's a third off the layoff. He looks like he's pointed to a really big effort in here. Um, uh, his best races, like the races he ran at Saratoga, you know, the end of last year were, were certainly good enough to win this. And given that he's, you know, double digits on the morning line, if that were to hold up, uh, he's kind of the obvious value play to me. So I'm on the seven Jalen journey. Well, I'm going to join you on Jalen Journey. He had a huge race at Saratoga last year. He's now circling back to that number. Uh, I think it came up a 102 buyer. And um, it looks like if he can run that kind of effort again, he's going to, he's, he's, he's going to put this field to bed. Um, I think I, I like him a lot. Uh, now, that race was so huge as a six-year-old that it's potentially could have hurt him. So he may not get back to that. So I wouldn't single him, but um, I would also use Caitlin's horse, Top Gunner, who's run five big races in a row and galloped out well after the last one, which was at Churchill Downs. I think he could win again. So uh, those two for me. Definitely agree with you on... Definitely agree with you on Jalen Journey. He's the most logical price play for me in this race. And another one that I would probably throw in would be the four Necker Island. If he runs back to his best, he certainly fits the puzzle. Um, didn't really do much last time out in the Knicks go. Was still only beaten by three links in the end, but he just kind of really lacked that late punch that he usually has. But he's a horse that absolutely loves Churchill Downs. Gets his regular rider in Mitchell World. He's certainly a horse that I'm going to want to use in here because his best absolutely fits in this race. And uh, he's very consistent here. I would kind of maybe forgive last time out. It wasn't his best effort, but, you know, he was coming off about two months rest. He's used to running a little bit more regular than that. So I think maybe he could be more apt to fire in this next start. So I definitely want to use the four-necker island. Yeah, I um, I think the lack of pace probably works against both Necker Island and the five Bob's Edge are both good horses, but it mm-hmm. seems like they'll be up against it a little bit, given that there's not much pace in here. Um, so, you know, that's the only, to me, is sort of the knock on them. It all depends on the price. At a short price, I'm not too interested in horses that are going to be coming from out of it. Maybe the only other one I might consider in here is the one Bango, who's making his second start off a layoff. And Mm-hmm. has run some races that are good enough to win and has some tactical speed and from the rail you would think they you know have to kind of go early so given that there's no pace yeah. maybe he's the one they decide to send forward um it I, should be kind of a tactical race 
I definitely thought about Bango too. It's just like you said, coming off the layoff, I just didn't love the race he ran in the St. Matthews. And obviously it probably was more of a starting point to get into this race. I think, you know, even drawn on the rail, he could maybe get through and get a good spotting trip. I still don't think his best is good enough to win this race. It's been about a year since he's really been back to that good form, but I do agree somewhat as well with Necker Island, but I would probably lean price-wise if there's a potential for maybe a more type of closer to get involved. I think it would be more likely Necker Island than it would be Bob Dutch because I don't think he's as pace-dependent and the price is going to be better, I think. Okay. That wraps up the ninth race. Let's move to the tenth. It's the Blame Stakes, a mile and eighth on dirt, purse of 200000 for four-year-olds and up. Chris, where are you at on this one? Well, American Revolution ended up in this race because the race they wanted to bring him back in didn't fill in, in New York. So this was kind of a last-minute move. Uh, he's coming off a long layoff. He's spotting weight. He draws an outside post. And he's going to be probably three to five. So he's one I'm, I kind of want to try to beat. But unfortunately... It's another race where it really lacks any pace at all. And um, uh, the horse I like kind of, uh, that puts him a little bit at a disadvantage, but I'm still going to go with him anyway. Um, and that's the other Pletcher horse who was pointed to this race all along. And that's the five dynamic one who uh, I liked in his last start. Um, he ran well, despite having not the best of trips. Um, I thought he was up against it completely the way the race unfolded, the trip he got. He's, he still ran well. Um, I think he's sitting on a big race. The problem is he might end up, you know, in a race that's really tough to win because of the pace. But he's been training well. He, he's ready to run well. Um, with a little racing luck and a better trip, he might be able to um, get the job done, and he should be a much better price than American Revolution. And the six-horse Scalding, who I think beat him last time, uh, was probably going to be the clear second choice. If you can get past those two, I think you get some value in this pick five. Maybe not as a win bet, but I think Dynamic One could could definitely create some value in in some of the other pools. Dynamic One, four for four in the exacta at the distance. Caitlin, what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to piggyback off of that and go with the horse that's gotten by him a couple of times. That's six, Scalding. Um, I think Scalding is really hard to look past in this race, even with American Revolution returning in this race. As you said, this was not the original plan. Draws the outside post, and I do think he's at a disadvantage a little bit in this race. Coming off the layoff, and I mean, if he runs back to his form that he's had in the past, definitely the most likely winner but I think that's a really really tough act especially with a horse that keeps improving keeps getting better in scalding in this race Javier Castellano has been on him every step of the way he's coming here to ride this horse he's four for four this year and he looks like he would be a grade one caliber horse so I love him in this spot okay I'm going to I'm going to go three deep in this race Okay. And I'm I'm going to go against American Revolution, and I'm also going with you, Kalen, on Scalding. Um, I, he's my top choice. He's improved every race. He's won four in a row. 
I'm not getting off this train. Um, you know, now mm-hmm. he's he he will be bet this race uh, for sure. But w- w- was uh, happy to get something like five to one on him in his last race. Uh, so Scalding is the my top choice. But I will be going two deep. I mean three deep. I will also use Chris's dynamic one, and I'm also going to use Militarist, who ran a pretty big number three races ago, and is circling back to that. I like that. Yeah, I, I don't if really I have, have a lot. To... Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just said I didn't have anything to add, so go ahead. Okay, really, the only horse I would maybe throw in here at a little bit of a price, depending on how you want to play it, would maybe be the three title ready. He ran one of his career best last time out here at Churchill Downs at the mile and a 16th distance. Johnny Velasquez is back on him. So his last two races have been pretty good. Two back-to-back good races ran four lengths behind Olympiad and Happy Saber. Those are two really good horses. Olympiad, one of the top horses in the country. I don't know where that effort could came from. He could bounce out of it. I'm not really sure he's a win type of candidate, but maybe a use underneath type of horse for me, the three title ready. Yeah, title ready. Uh, <clears throat> he is pushing the limits of his uh, distance abilities. He's 0 for mm-hmm. 7 at the distance. Um, that's one of the things that kept me off him. He, 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 he is an old favorite of mine, though. Yeah. And since we don't have much else to say about this race, we'll move to the 11th race, which is a, a big, fat field. That's uh, the Audubon Stakes, a mile and eighth on turf, purse of 200,004, three-year-olds. And Caitlin, what are you thinking? Oh, this is a really, really, really tough race. I thought um, there's a couple horses I like in here at prices. I'm really confused. By this morning line, I thought there's a couple of horses in here that are well worth lower than what they have. Of course, you have to consider the nine James Jones for the Chad Brown Barn. Lightly raced horse, I'm not really sure what he's beat in a lot of his races. Um, but there's a ton of directions you could look in this race. And this could be the type of a race where if you already have, you know, some stands elsewhere and you want to perhaps, you know, try to get this ticket home, this could be a race where you could potentially, you know, hit the all button but i like a couple prizes in here hold on my computer's messing up i'm trying to pull back the uh pp's uh so just give me just one second all right it's back up and running really the two price horses i like in here is the five kita dawn and the six red run i know these horses are good enough and they're capable to win these races you know they're coming off of sneaky decent races here last time out the both of them so I definitely think it's well within their wheelhouse, and I'm going to get a good price on them. All right. Ketodon, who I was just writing it down. I don't have any commentary on him, um, but I'll, I'll look him up while we listen to Chris's analysis. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I like the way that Caitlin's thinking about going for prices in this really wide open race, so certainly wouldn't talk her off either of those. I... I really like the one horse spin wheel in here. Um, he he's only had he's bred top and bottom for turf. Um, he he debuted on turf. He had some trouble in that debut, um, and then he ran on an off the the turf dirt race and ran pretty well. So he kind of got on the dirt and he won a race and. 
that got him on the derby trail. We see this happen a lot. Um, and, and that didn't work out so well, but they, they put him back on the turf in his last race and that's where he belongs. And that race is a lot better than it looks. Um, you know, he was probably the only horse that came from behind that did any kind of running uh, with a little more pace in here. He should do much better. He kind of got late rude last time is what I would call it. Mm -hmm. One of these where sometimes Julian just completely loses contact, but you know, with the field in terms of giving his horses any chances on the turf, um, they switch riders, not necessarily a great rider, but you know, he's okay. And he gets the rail. And if he can get some pace and, and a little bit of racing luck, save ground early, there's no reason why this horse can't win. And he could be a big price. All right. Uh, just a brief commentary. Uh, very uh, <clears throat> ballsy pick there, Caitlin, of Ketodon at 30 mm -hmm. to 1. Has, has a big race on synthetic. And uh, Chris at 10 to 1. I think he might be even higher than that spin wheel. So that's great. Um, I'm going to join the party, but I'm going to do it with a different horse, and that is the four play action pass. He has two wins on the turf and a win at the track in his last race. In that race, he was against a racing flow CFR. That's a closer favorability rating of one, which is the hardest speed flow bias number to overcome. On a scale of one to 100, it's a one, so it's the toughest. And... Uh, he, uh, he overcame it. He won the race. He gets an upgrade from them. And he's about as fast as these horses. He has a good uh, post position. Uh, he, there's a few other things I like about him. And um, I will make him my Scott's pod pick of the week, which I am completely stealing from Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pick, but I don't understand the flow. I mean, he was on the lead or right up on the lead. How how does he get upgraded on a a race that was against closers? He was a front runner. because uh, he wasn't in front. It's if you know if you, if you're not on the well, lead. Well, he was it, he was sitting in second though. Well, you're gonna really you're they gonna, upgrade. Yes, uh, that's, that's yes, they will. They will do that. Yes, yeah. You, you're gonna have to take that up with J Jake Jacobs. Yeah, I have to ask Jacob about that because I mean the first. Three horses early ran first, second, and fourth. So I'm not quite sure how that was against the flow. I, I kind of like the horse, but I don't see how you upgrade him. To me, he had like a, a perfect trip last time. Um, a slow pace. He was, you know, pressing that and going to the front one. So anyway, I I, I think he's a, certainly value at the morning line. I don't get the flow upgrade, though. That, that seems a little strange. Uh, it took me a I, long I, time to understand the flow upgrades. And uh, <laughs> I used to email them and say like, hey, how come this horse is or isn't an upgrade? And I finally figured out that uh, if you're not on the lead, you're a uh, you're closer. Okay. <laughs> That's not the way I've defined it. But it's interesting. We're all on long shots, all on different long shots. So it tells you something about the race, right? Um, yeah, I just thought there was, so many different ways you can look in this race and both of your long shots that you guys both gave out make a ton of sense to me in here. Since we talked about the pick five as a whole, I'm going to try to be pretty skimpy elsewhere to try to get to the all button here in this last race, because I think you can make a case for any of these horses in here. Yeah, I will say the horse I think is the most likely winner is the seven horse smoking tea. 
And the reason mm -hmm. I say that he's a, he's a pretty good horse, but he's uh, that day, a derby day, the rail was just absolutely death. And he spent most all that race on the rail until they turned for home. Then he got off the rail and he actually closed pretty well once he got off it. But he did, you know, 80% of his running on the rail. That was just, like I said, most horses weren't even finishing the races when they were on the rail. So uh, I would upgrade him quite a bit. He's the one I would give a major upgrade off his last race. Um, he's only four to one on the morning line, which surprised me. He went off at 14 to one there um, in his last. And But, um, you know, he is coming out of the uh, graded stakes, so maybe that's why he's four to one morning line. But I think maybe he could float up. And if he does, you know, he, I could see him being playable um, because that race was a lot better than it looked, I thought, last time out. I agree with that. I, I definitely, he's one that I looked at too. And I think he will float up a little bit based on that, because I think they're going to really look at the Fletcher horse and a couple other ones in there. I think some of the long shots will kind of come down a little bit and even out, but I do think you'll get every bit of four to one on smoke and tea. I can see him going off maybe around like six to one. Yeah, I think it's possible. Like you said, the Pletcher, the Grand Sonata, the two and the Chad Brown, nine, James Jones, both could certainly win. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, but they're probably going to get, you know, bet. There are the ones that people will gravitate towards. Um, and they really aren't any better than any of the others we've talked about, I don't think. Yeah, it's a, it's a wide open field. So it's, <laughs> it's a wide open field. And, um, you know, the, the, if, if the racing gods really want to frustrate us, that, the, the the Pletcher horse or the the Chad Brown horse will win and it won't pay that much and it'll be like, hey, that was such a great value race that turned out to be no value. Just kidding. That will not run. Yeah, they'll run one, two, uh, and there it goes. But I definitely think there'll be some horses you can bet to win in this race. Um, mm -hmm. no, uh, that'll be value. I mean, that, that will provide some value. Uh, and I do I think that the... That. It's certainly wide open. I mean, we haven't even talked about other horses that you can make a case for. I'm not going to spend time on it, but I mean, there's several others in here. There's no, would be no surprise at all as well. Uh, I also uh, like Red Run a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I know he got a perfect trip three races ago, but it was a good number. And um, he's circling back to that. So he's a, uh, I wouldn't single play action pass, but I will also use Red Run, who is 10 to 1 morning line and Caitlin likes. So why not? Yeah, he's one that I've followed for a while, and I think it's sitting on a big race for sure. And I think this race kind of sets up well for him. Yeah, I think you could make a similar argument for several others, too. Um, this this will you be a fun race, hopefully. Sure. Yeah, hopefully it won't chalk out. and uh, and one of us will catch a price in here. Well, the time form U.S. power uh, pace projector has the 11 major general who's never run on turf uh, on the lead in this race. So uh, it should be should be interesting. Uh, I guess, you know, if he's projected to be on the lead, then that post won't hurt him. But it'll be, you know, that's another pletcher that we have in this race that could also take some money. Yeah, first time turf. He's certainly a pretty good horse. Uh, does not like he's really meant 
to be, he wasn't really bred for the turf. So is this, to me, this is kind of like a throwing darts placement. Um, if he had more turf breeding, I, I'd be a little more excited, but yeah, if he clears early, who knows? He could be, be another one you can make a case for. Okay, I definitely well, agree with that. All right. Well, we've wrapped up the pick five. Um, I did not have a chance to look at any other races on the card, but um, if either of you did and you really like a horse elsewhere on the card, uh, please share. Well, I really think the only other race that is, you know, a race that you really want to take a look at is probably the regret stakes. Really, you know, kind of a few different ways you could go in here. McCulloch is the morning line favorite. She's seven to five, but I'm really looking at a person here that has done me well her last couple of races, and it's going to be the one walkathon. I think she's good as anybody in this race. Um, she's just been a little bit off the pace and she's drawn on the rails. I think she's in a pretty good spot beside herself. It's two to one on the morning line. I think she's just as good as those Phillies. Okay, walkathon uh, nine to two. Chris, uh, you have any uh, additional plays for us? Um, well, in that race, I kind of like the six candy raid um, back on the turf. Uh, I don't think she's a standout play at four to one, but I mean, if they bet McCulloch down to three to five or four to five, uh, I could I could make a case for playing candy raid. But the horse I really like on the card is in the next race, the six is an allowance going a mile on the dirt. And I think volcanic the 10 horse really stands out in this race. Uh, he's been, he's very talented. He's, he was kind of on the derby trail, maybe a cut below the best, but, and probably really is a one turn horse. I think the, he cuts back here to a one turn mile, which may be a perfect fit for him. I uh, take, get some class relief. Uh, I just think he stands out in here. Um, he's 12 to one on the morning line. I, I just think that's a bad morning line, but I do think you might get, you know, a four or five, six to one. And to me, he kind of is a standout. So the 10 volcanic, I think will blast his way into the winter's circle. Um, <laughs> he's going to have an eruption in the stretch. Yes. He, um, and, and like I said, I, I wouldn't trust the morning line. I do think he gets some value, and I do think he kind of stands out. I agree with that. I, I think Volcanic is a really nice play in that race. I looked at the morning line just now, and I was like, what? <laughs> Say what? Okay, well. Yeah, um, all right, well, uh, it was great to have uh, to, to go over this pick five with you, so I'd like to thank our guest, Kaylin Free. Kaylin, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun and really looking forward to tomorrow. Hopefully we can make some money. I, I hope so, so too. And I hope that we're going to be able to tweet out some winners. Oh, yeah. Will you sure. be on air? Uh, will you be on the live um, broadcast from Churchill tomorrow? I actually won't be on the air tomorrow. They're going to have Brandon there tomorrow. They flip flopped us days. So this is the first Saturday I've had off, but I'm still going to come to the races and still enjoy them. I'll be in the area. So I definitely can't miss it. And I'm going to get to enjoy a day at the races on a Saturday for the first time in a long time. And this is a really good card to do that. So I'm actually pretty excited. Woohoo. All right. Well, enjoy that day at the races. That will conclude show number 176 of the sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Churchill Downs and wherever else you play.
and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Spurs. Cheers. Giddy up. <laughs>